0: Snuff production.
1: Like some to die for yogurt on some perfectly soaked birch. Bad
0: boys get all the yum yum. Yes. Yum yum good. Yum yum good.
1: It's Matt and Alex all-day breakfast. Well,
0: Alex Dyson, could you imagine being under the knife in a surgery room while people operate on your brain and you are wide awake? I cannot.
2: Uh, exactly, unfathomable stuff, but it is something that one of our listeners actually experienced. We got to meet uh, a guest today at the Matt and Alex live show, uh, which happened uh, not too long ago still, actually. It feels like a while ago, but no, it was good, fun times, and uh, it's quite a remarkable story. So I uh, look forward to introducing you to Rama a little bit later on.
0: Yeah, that's right. We'll also be chatting to our good mate, Sarah, who's always willing to tell us what's hot and what's not, and... <laughs> Despite Alex Dyson's, no,
2: I'm, I'm I'm ready for it.
0: You've submit you have you've, you've submitted to it. You're finally going into it, diving
2: headfirst into. We're doing it well. British news uh, is always a good good bit of a laugh. And so uh, we thought, given that we, we, we thought we might have a little bit of a chuckle again today,
0: shall we? Yeah, why not? The parody week continues. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Hope you're having a good one.
3: This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast.
2: Now, Matt, yesterday you gave us a very funny headline uh, in regards to the uh, culinary habits of former Oasis frontman Liam Gallagher. Remind uh, mm, us of a yep. few of those um those big UK headlines. Yeah, look,
0: uh it was all about the fact that Liam Gallagher stopped by a local fish and chip shop to buy a battered sausage <laughs> while he was on holiday in the uh in a small town in Derbyshire. Um
2: yeah, the Brits the Brits do good do do the Brits do do good <laughs> God damn it. The Brits do good headlines. They do, do good headlines. That's what mm. I'm trying to say. Um but I found a found a good one as well on the BBC. I thought this is pretty good when you're browsing around. Is this is Longboy. What's Longboy?
0: Longboy, the missing University of York duck. <laughs> no. No, but please tell me more about Longboy. Well, Longboy's long. 40 centimet- 70 centimeters tall. That is a long duck. <laughs> I mean I t- It ain't a short duck. <laughs> no, no. No, with a la- name like Longboy, you know what you're getting.
2: It ain't no stumpy duck.
0: No, no. Um, and, uh, yeah, like usually calls the University of York home. They haven't seen him for a couple of weeks and they're fearing that Longboy is long gone. So long, Longboy. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. <laughs>
2: Terrible. Damn it. Terrible ending. <laughs> I like that Australian duck that goes surfing at the Gold Coast. You seen that 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 boy?
0: Um, apparently, there was announced there was announced plans for a quackalong on Friday morning <laughs> ceremony or quackalong. I'm not joking. <laughs> it's what? not a minute silence. Like this is what has been quoted. Okay, it's not a minute silence because that's not what Longboy would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. He was the old prankster to the end, Longboy, <laughs> the duck. Um, well, look, commiserations to Longboy's friends and family, obviously, in this uh, trying time. But no, I found a different headline here over on Uh, bbc.co.uk. uh In the news there, Loch Ness Monster Hunter, hyphen, I thought this job would be easier. LAUGHTER <laughs> Steve Feltham has dedicated his life to solving the mystery of the Loch Ness Monster. He gave up his job and sold his home in Dorset to move to the shores of the Loch in 1991. Now, after more than 30 years of searching for Nessie, he said he thought the task would have been easier. <laughs> that, what was he thinking? <laughs> Piece of piss, mate. Surely, the Loch we Ness
0: have, surely we have technology enough now to know fully well that the Loch Ness Monster is not there. Well, did James Cameron go to the bottom of the ocean? Like, surely someone
2: yeah. has gone to the bottom of the loch. Well, I've been to Loch Ness. Did you see anything at all? No, I went on this boat tour and they, they spouted a few things. And they said, yeah, there's a few, like, it's just very cold. Like, you don't want to fall in. That's, that's for sure. But um, Mr. Felton here made his first sighting of something unexplained within his first year of the search and had hoped to make further sightings soon after. Um, said he had a glimpse of something like a torpedo going through the water. I'll tell you what, I thought a lot about like the Loch Ness monster growing up. It's similar to the Bermuda Triangle. Like I was fascinated by these things. Mm. Loch Ness really dropped off.
0: Do you know what? I'm reading an article now from the Telegraph. They're actually saying that AI might yeah. be killing off the the idea of the Loch Ness monster. Really? Why? Yeah, because AI photos are going to be being replaced like they're going to replace the ones that are official and therefore people are just going to kind of not have anything mm. to hold on to this
2: myth yeah that to be tough um speaking of things that are going out he's previously been recognized in the guinness book of world records for the longest continuous vigil hunting for the loch ness monster sorry that
0: that's in the guinness book of world records yeah i've hunted for the loch ness monster for the
2: longest amount of time <laughs> continuously yeah they I'm sure will... some people have been on and off for a while, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But how often does he go out, do you reckon? Like, do you think he looks every day or do you think he's just sort of like... I think it must be it every day. That's continuous.
2: I don't think you have the lock Nurse monster takes a day off. Five days a week? Um, in 2019, scientists reported the creatures behind repeated sightings may just be giant eels. Apparently he... <laughs> well, we've heard lots
0: of things that it could be a penis... Eels. What a penis! Yes, a whale penis. Have you never heard that? No. Yes. What is the lock Ness monster a whale penis? Yeah, we we've talked about it. I think it was in Clickfish. Yeah, there was there was the idea that a professor thought that it might have been a whale penis.
2: I don't think a whale can get into the lock. Well, I don't know. But
0: if you see pictures of a whale penis, it's not—it's not—not it. Seriously, it actually looks a lot like it.
2: Yeah, damn. Anyway, with this news, I, I mean, we ended yesterday's um, chat about British news with a parody song, and um, I think it's only fair we do the same today. <clears throat> <laughs> it's just giant eels that people thought was a monster. <laughs> Bit of Robbie Williams for you. <laughs> long so is that, Feels? you yeah, Feel, yeah. <laughs> it's just giant eels.
0: <laughs> well, I was thinking something like that. It's not easy. Ah, ah. Looking for the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, yeah. It could be a pee. Yeah, yeah. The penis logness,
2: okay. We not even close. <laughs> <laughs> what about it's simply the nest? <laughs> doon, doon, doon. <laughs> I really got to confess, don't, <laughs> do I thought it'd be easier, don't. I, I, th- I thought it was a whale slong.
0: <laughs> Didn't think it'd take this long. Turns out it's an eel that's long. <laughs> okay, okay. No, no, no. It's not parody week. We're not doing parody week. <laughs> we should
2: do a parody week. <laughs> we should every day. Mm.
0: All right, we have more stuff on later today. Please keep, please stick with us, it's Matt and Alex, all breakfast. Oh no, we've got Desperate, we've got people talking about brain surgery up next. We can't be tarnishing. Look. Stick with us, okay? Matt and Alex all their For
1: the love
2: of God. <laughs> we sound, we sound like like a disgraced sports person at a press conference thanking their like wife for sticking by them. Thanks for sticking by us in these trying times. These trying parody times. <laughs> Right, right, we're so excited to have this person back on Matt and Alex all-day breakfast. It's time for...
1: Little thing What's hitting with... Sarah.
0: Yeah, that's right. Sarah, a resident 16-year-old who is always able to tell us what is hot and what is not in the world in general, the zeitgeist, the happenings, the high schools. Um, we don't know because we are <laughs> old boring men and i have gray hair on my chest now. <laughs> uh, so oh, Sarah no. has the opportunity to always update us with uh, what's cool. Hello Sarah, it's been ages.
1: Hello. Yeah, it has been ages. Been what so- have you been up to? If I'm honest, I've I've only just been at like my boyfriend's house and at school. Like that's all I've been doing. That's great.
2: Sounds like you're living. Yeah. Dating in high school was always, always interesting, but how about we, before we get into you teaching us how to be cool, how about we take a trip down memory lane, Sarah, um, picture this, all right? If you wanted to call someone you were interested in back in the day, you would have to call the home phone, at which point usually the parents would pick up and say, hello, and you have to say, hi there, it's um Alex calling, is Sarah available? And then his dad on the other line has to goes, yeah, I'll go get her. <laughs> Can you imagine having to do that now?
1: Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I can just call them, so it's pretty easy for me. I know. Oh,
0: my God. So I don't know how good you've got it, Sarah.
1: I do have it pretty
0: good. Hey, Sarah, Eurovision was this week. Did you watch any of that? Is that is Eurovision cool to the youth?
1: It's not that it's not cool. I just, I've never really got into it, so I've never really watched it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right, I just wasn't sure. It was not never really on my radar as a kid. Well, it's um, almost been 50
2: years since ABBA won it. So it's been going for yeah. a while. Oh, my Lord. He's got more grey hairs than Matt, the old um, Eurovision there. <laughs> but um, well, it's good to know, Sarah. We're going to get some help from you now. Our listeners, like us, are starting to feel out of touch with things. So they've got some questions. First up, David. Yeah, David asks, why is everyone going crazy for
0: these prime drinks? Do you think it's a trend that will last?
1: Oh, um, so, like, Crime came from a couple YouTubers. I can't quite remember which one. I'm pretty sure it's like KSI and Logan Paul, I, I believe. And originally they were two YouTubers that actually got in a ring and fought and there was a lot of beef and a lot of different like videos all about it. And then they kind of just like became like besties and released merch and the drink prime. And it, it had some, something to do with another whole group of YouTubers, and so that's very heavily watched by, I think, younger kids. Mm. So I think the majority of people who buy Pine is parents buying it for their younger kids who are, like, begging for it because they see it on YouTube and they see it, like, on their favorite influencers, like, selling it and Mm. advertising it. But I don't think... I personally don't think it will last. I'm not... I've never been interested in it. Like, I only know about it because i've like recently heard about it but like i don't it's not very good for you so i'm not <laughs> yeah. in it,
0: so so you you'd say it's more like a primary school thing than a high school thing
1: yeah like it definitely is like um my jack who is my boyfriend his younger brother who's around 12 and his younger cousins who are around that age as well like they love it and they're constantly asking parents like oh there's well, well Prime it, oxley, woolies, can we go? <laughs> and like, uh, no, it's unhealthy, just get a Gatorade. Um,
2: like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like,
1: um, I've never really heard someone my age or older go like, oh, my God, this prime, that's woolies, let's go. Yeah, for and sure. And apparently it doesn't taste good at all, like... What, I haven't tried it though. I, that's just what I've heard.
2: What do um what are in the lunchboxes these days? I remember back in the day, like roll ups were pretty big. I remember Hubba Bubba, like bubble gum in a strap, like this really long one. We had a little moment for a while there. <laughs> what what do you put in your lunchboxes?
1: Um, well, for me, I just pack like some two minute noodles. So I just warm up in the kitchen. But when I was younger, um, I'm pretty sure I had like sandwiches every day. Mm-hmm. sandwiches, what? and I'd have, like, those little, like, LCM bars. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the little
0: ice oh, stuff. Wait, 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 when you say you just heat them up in the kitchen, does your school have a kitchen?
1: Well, yeah, my school is a bit fancy, and it's, like, it doesn't – it has, I don't know, like, max 100 students, I think. And so we have our own little kitchen, so I just go turn on the kettle oh before the and so I can walk out and heat up my – high style barbecue chicken noodles from oh, Aldi.
2: That is boss. I remember we got these, I think they were mammy noodles back in the day. And yes. they were designed to, you don't cook them. You just eat raw noodles like a brick. <laughs> well, I, I
1: wanted those when I was younger, but my mom was like, no, they'll dry up your stomach.
0: Oh, oh yeah. no, I know, totally. My mom them. used to say the same thing as well. They dehydrate <laughs> you. You're not allowed to eat them. I'm yeah, glad right, that so seems never changed. That's very and good. And so
1: like, this day, like, if I see someone eating them, I'll be like, that's going to drive your stomach, you know? And they're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, my mom told me, uh, yes, it will. Like, I didn't get to eat it when I was younger. It will drive your stomach. And they're like, well, that's, like, not true.
0: Yeah. Well, something that was happening when we were younger that is still, well, that our next listener at Arbux wants to know is, um, is it still cool to have posters on your bedroom wall? And if yes, how are you getting them if magazines aren't a thing
2: anymore? Oh yes.
1: Um. Well, yeah. I have quite a few posters all over my walls. A lot, like almost everyone I know has posters all over their walls. But you can get them from like different different types. Like you can just go to like JB Hi-Fi and get a deal for like two really nice posters for cheap. Or you can go to Kmart and get posters for twelve dollars. And you just all like Zing is a really good place. Then you just flick through all the different ones, and then below where they're displayed is then rolled up and they've got the number on it, and you just pick the number that you like, and you take it and you pay for it. Like, that's it. There
0: you what, go. What, what are the posters on your wall?
1: Oh, um, I I had a, a Biggie Smalls one because I really love his music, and yep. I have um, a Star Wars one that's got all of the like the Star Wars covers of the movies.
2: Oh, like all and, nine main yeah, franchise yeah. covered posters.
1: Like, wow. Yeah, like the three trilogies, like in the right order. And um I have a, I actually have like more tapestries than posters. But my tapestries are a bit weird and I like I kinda get made fun of them for a bit by like my whole family and everyone. But like I have a fireplace one because I wanted to have Like a little fake fireplace, and I have one of like
2: Obama pointing at a sign or something. You got an Obama tapestry on the wall.
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's He's awesome. And Um, and then I have like a fake window.
0: Oh really? Oh nice. So you've you've kind of done the interior decorating in your house. Yeah. uh, In your room, sort of envisioning what you want to be there. The the window and the fireplace. Hmm. And Obama. Exactly.
1: Not so much Obama, but
2: like <laughs> yeah. it's
1: more that he was funny. Well, there you
2: go. Maybe we can invest in a few tapestries ourselves. That'd be good for up on the wall. Look, Sarah, it's very been very nice to chat to you again. Very eye-opening and we wish you uh, a very nice rest of your day. You
1: too.
2: Well, Matt, obviously one of the best things about doing this job and being able to especially to re- occasionally record a live episode of this is that you listening, uh, we get to actually meet you and hang out and have a chat and have a beer. And uh, and we get to hear
0: your stories, you know, uh, things you've been up to, experiences that you've had. And uh, every now and then we will be having a chat with you and realise, oh, my God, you are a million times more interesting than us. <laughs> uh, and therefore... We need to talk to
2: you on our podcast. And my weird interaction with a taxi driver. No, no, no. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's broaden this conversation of somewhat.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we chatted to someone who, and I just want to give you an, an idea about, you know, what p- sparked the interest uh, that we had, Alex Dyson. Um, because brains, everyone's got one. All right. Yes. <laughs> but it's not often... That you have someone doing surgery on your brain while you are still wide awake, yeah, tinkering you- with the very thing that makes you thinkering, and you are fully <laughs> conscious while it happens.
2: But uh, someone who came to watch the podcast the other night for our third birthday, had that happen to them, and we said, we have got to get you on the podcast, he's a legend. His name is Rama, joining us right now on the phone. G'day, Rama.
3: Hey boys, how are you
2: going? Good, thanks, Rama. So, look, let's let's start. Where does this, where does your story
0: regarding this particular uh, situation
3: start? Yeah, well, essentially last uh, September, um, I was out for a run, uh, training for what would be my first marathon, um, and I blacked out had a seizure, um, was woken up on the side of the road by someone who happened to be a, a, an anesthetist of all um, what? professions. So that's
2: handy. So you wait, you wake up after passing out and having a seizure, obviously straight to hospital, I'm assuming. And, and what are they, yeah. what do they find is, has happened to you?
3: They pretty much immediately, as soon as I got in, they, um, took me to get uh, both a CT scan and, and an MRI um, uh, both of which I'd never had a reason to have before um, and yeah, it was um, later on that evening that um, I was told that uh, I had what was suspected to be a low grade brain tuber um, and yeah, so that was
2: that Man. was um.
3: That was what it was.
2: And I guess you feel pretty lucky yeah. because I think these things can hit sometimes and people don't wake up from these situations. Yeah, there's, exactly. there's no signs of something yeah. and then it can't happen. So you, you've woken up and then obviously you start mm. the process of of dealing with it. What, was,
0: was, that, what, what was, was that like? Was that like chemo, radiation therapy, or was it just straight to surgery?
3: Yeah, pretty much straight to surgery. So given the general consensus of most, amongst most of the neurosurgeons um, that uh, we'd approached was that most of them were pretty confident that it was a low-grade brain tumour. So they gave me options, obviously. So one was to perform surgery while asleep under an anaesthetic. One was to perform surgery while awake. And the other was to monitor and not do anything for that that stage, which they didn't recommend that I did.
0: Sorry. So, so, Rama, why why was there even two options? Like, why why would you say, no, I want to be awake for this? Or, like, wouldn't you prefer to be
3: asleep? Absolutely, if I had it my way. But what they were really concerned with is the location of the tumor. It was located in the left frontal over the brain. So that's the general area that controls speech. Mm. So they needed that feedback from me during the surgery for the best possible outcome. If they had me asleep, they still could have done the surgery, but everyone's brain is mapped differently. So my speech area will be different from both of yours, like the real intricacies, which is what they need. So for the best possible outcome, yeah, they needed to perform the surgery while I was awake and talking to someone so that they knew as soon as there was a slight impediment in my speech or they noticed that something was just a tiny bit off, that was as far as they'd go. So, I, I mean,
2: <laughs> Matt and I talk a lot for this podcast, but what do you- I don't think I'd be able to come up with anything to talk about whilst people are operating on my brain, Rama. Yeah, did what? you feel, I mean, it sounds
0: ridiculous, but did you feel anything like, did they, how did they even inject that area? Like what, or what do they give you oral, like, sort of anesthetic? What, what happens?
3: So, um, uh, they applied like a weak anesthetic. Um, there was enough to put me to sleep while they cut my head open. <laughs> um, so I didn't feel any of that, but. I gradually because the anesthetic was much weaker than your your normal one that would put you to sleep. I gradually woke up just in time for the professor to do what what uh what she needed to do.
2: How big a um I guess access panel did they need to take <laughs> off in order to to get rid of this thing?
3: Um yeah, quite a quite a large one. Um <laughs> The, there was a room just full of people and the professor that was actually operating on me was actually one of the the best in the business, yeah. um, uh, Professor Kate Drummond. Shout out. Uh, terrific job. <laughs> shout out, Professor Kate. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, before we knew it, we were we were pretty much at the end and um, they their clear line of cutoff was um, the professor just got a little bit too close to a ventricle in the brain that controls nausea so essentially their cue was when I started to um, spew uh, oh, quite a bit so <laughs> while the- you
0: were still on the table
3: yeah while I was still so I was propped up so they actually they needed me to be sitting upright which was a, a different yeah you know thing for them so they have my head basically um, clamped down so it, it didn't move. Yeah. Um, so they, yeah, everyone just raced to the scene and got me some bags for me to just do my
2: thing. Oh man. Just, it's like when you've got access to the brain, like accidentally pressing the spew button on the brain <laughs> to make, yeah, exactly. make that happen. Like, whoops. Oh, my oh God. wow. And, um, yeah. Robert, it's such an amazing story. You better tell us the prognosis now. What, where were, where are we at right now?
3: So we're, we're in a good, pretty good place. Um, Uh, So I I underwent radiation therapy over the summer. So that started in December and um, wrapped up in mid-January. And I had my first follow-up MRI back in February. Uh, Generally, in most cases, what the experts had warned was that we may notice a bit of pseudo-progression and inflammation in that area. So Mm -hmm. it may look a little bit worse really the the result was about as good as we could have hoped for, really. So they had found some cancerous tumour in there, so that was why we needed to go into radiation pretty well straight away. And as far as they could see, there was there was no cancerous tumour left, which was amazing. But yeah, now I'm just uh, I'm just going through. Taking um, chemo tablets once a month, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, the next MRI is later on in May. So fingers crossed. We're all praying for a, another really good result there. Um, and if not, you know, I understand it's uh, it's it's never really a linear yeah. um, mm-hmm. journey to uh, to back to full health. But um, yeah, I'm I'm confident that it'll be a, a similar similar result.
0: So. Rama, you know. Um, look, this might be a very silly question, but, you know, when people go to the dentist and they get something taken out that, you know, you can yeah. like, keep it in a little container. Is there like a, have you got like a, have you got the tumor? I mean, I don't, I don't know whether you'd want, I don't know what it looks like. I don't even know if it's a thing you can actually have.
3: Yeah. Well, look, I actually really wanted to keep it. <laughs> uh, well, keep at least a part of it just yeah. as a souvenir. Um, yeah but unfortunately the tools that they used to suck the tumour out was essentially like a vacuum um so oh not even the professor saw it
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah i didn't realize i thought they might just sort of dissect yeah. like cut it out i didn't realize they're just like slurping it out that's yes. wild. sounds so
2: weird like oh, like now look- i feel like wrapping up the interview rama I Go and that was listen to rama there who had his brain vacuumed uh <laughs> joining us on all day break that's it's incredible a it's a um, good that's... vacuum but don't make no fuss <laughs>
0: Goodness gracious! Um, incredible stuff, Robert. Thank you so much for sharing mm. that story with us. We wish you all the best. We're so glad that you're on the mend. It must be it must be you know an incredible journey that you've had, and you know continue to have, and that you continue to face. So we appreciate you sharing that with us, and uh, also for having the strength and courage to keep on going. Mm. And same with your partner for the support and all the medical professionals who've helped you on this journey as well. It's incredible stuff.
3: Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Really appreciate the chat.
2: Thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Really appreciate you hanging out with us once again. The good news is we've got a sweet little episode for you tomorrow as well.
3: Yeah,
0: back here same time, same place. We'll catch you then. Bye-bye.
1: That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.